stand up for yourself and I'll back you up cause problems don't solve themselves I'll tell you what instead of would or could I think you should draw a line in the sand and stand your ground it's for your own good Hello, my name is Roy Poyan, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of The Voice of Families in Addiction. In today's episode, we're going to review the concept of a family who is choosing to become more engaged in some of the roles and areas that they can play as they respond to the issues that are likely to take place and their journey as a family dealing with substance use disorders. Thank you for taking the time. We want to first start out by suggesting that this is kind of a sit back in your chair discussion. This isn't one of these intense lean forward grimace and, um, and try and come up with answers right there on the spot. Uh, that's, that's not going to be productive. In our discussions, what we're going to basically look at is how can the family decide for itself, hey, you know what, this is a bad situation. And for what little we know, it's gonna get a lot worse. And for what we assume is true in other areas of our life, if we learn more about it before it happens, then maybe we can navigate better all of the different things that are likely to take place. In other words, if we know more, we can prepare for what's coming and thereby be ready to respond. That's, that's a tough part of your journey. And in absence of a program, which we don't really have a lot of, in absence of curriculum, which you can look and you can kind of assemble yourself your own pieces of information, but it's not going to be kind of a forethought out process of learning. It's going to be however you interface with the internet, with people who have lived experience, or with professionals from the industry, and you'll piece that together. And, and by the way, that's pretty much how most people do this. So what we're talking about um, is you're going to take a journey. And like any good journey, it's nice to have a plan. Uh, it's nice to have a budget. It's nice to understand from a map perspective if we take this turn, where is it going to lead us? Well, in substance use disorders, we do know what you need to know. And actually, it's been studied to such a degree that it's been empirically proven in most of the areas and most of the issues that you're going to experience. So let's challenge ourselves, okay? I mean, we're, we're going to go through this either way. And by us having a good understanding and foundation of knowledge, we're going to feel better about it. Well, I can almost assure you, you will do better by knowing what's going to happen next. Uh, so then the question is, well, then, Roy, you know, where, do we, where do we get this so-called fantastic information? Well, I'm sorry to say, but no one specific place. Not even what we're providing for families impacted by opioids in the Family Solution Finder Learning Series. Will you find all that you need to know? That's why we're calling this a journey. It's not a one-stop, go to the mall, get what you need, come back home. 
uh, it's, it's more like we're stopping into Columbus, Ohio, then we're going over to Charlotte, and then we're going to drop into Baltimore. You know, it's a journey. And in each place that you visit with this, we're going to go to uh, down to the police station and bail them out. We're going to go to the drug courts and help support them. We're going to go through detox, rehab, uh, treatment center, and all that that involves. And by the way, we're stopping by the emergency room. And all of these different stops have uh, a, like a, a sundry of issues that are, that are embedded with them. Fortunately, all of those places that I just mentioned, think of them as being like, you know how you're driving down the road in, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and you see this big grain tower. It's, a, it's called a silo. And they, they shove a whole bunch of grain in there. And then the trains come by and distribute it uh, to bring it to market. So it's, a, it's part of the process. Well, that's, that's what your journey is. And you're going to come up to a grain silo, and that silo might be the police for, department. The police department doesn't know anything about the emergency room. That's a different silo, okay? Um, police department don't know a lot about drug court. That's a different silo. The way that I think would benefit us a lot is if we look at this journey and we said, we're going to keep everybody in their lane. We're looking at this as being a whole bunch of different silos, and we'll just assume that they don't talk to each other. Unfortunately, that's a safe assumption. They're not very good at talking with each other. So when you go from one silo to the next silo, I wouldn't look over your shoulder and, and ask the person where you were arriving, didn't they send over the information about us? Just, just, just assume that wasn't done. And you take the steps to kind of fill that gap between these silos. Or might we call them programs? Or might we call them services? Because that's what they really are to you. So if that's the case then, um, the good news is in the Solution Finder Learning Series, we've taken 36, 32 different, you might call them silos, of you know, stops that you're going to make in this journey. And it, it has a potential of presenting in your journey. And therefore, uh, you're going to want to kind of get to know that. Well, would it be nice, and, and this is rhetorical, I, I know the answer to the question, would, wouldn't it be nice if there was a, a model or a program that said, hey, for you families, because not all of you are in for this, I, I can assure you in a general population, a very small amount will take us up on this offer. That's, that, those are the people that we're here for. I'll be honest with you, we're not here for all the families that don't want to do anything. You're on your own. Good luck with that. We're not bothered by that. However, should you change your mind and want to join the families that do want to do something about it, we're here for you. So let's just talk about the fact that you're a family that wants to get in front of this and stop being led by it. You want to be more proactive instead of reactive. You know, these whole things sound so good. And I'm not a motivational speaker, and I'm not trying to motiv motivate you into this. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. And although it's one-sided, if you ever want to call and talk with me, I would very much welcome 440-385-7605. And let's talk, because more than likely, you've got some good insights too. And I'd be interested in hearing those as well. So when we start to look at the 32 learning series, it seems like you know, a, a, a lot of these things aren't going to happen right away. They're, they're actually going to be like delayed or in some way they're going to be um, 
maybe even not presented in your journey. So your question, why am I taking this now? Um, we're not going to drug court. Why am I taking this now? Um, we're, we're, we're not, you know, seeking out any kind of faith practice right now. Uh, we're actually doing this. Well, that's the beauty of this. These 32 learning seminars, you know, you don't have to do it in sequence. Just what you need, pull it down and take it. But it would be best if it was from a foundation of a couple of them. Like you had a base that you're working from, kind of a general understanding thought. So what, what if we actually turned around and said, we'd we like to present to you the Shooting Star Family Program. Well, so what's inside of a Shooting Star Family Program? I, I would be asking if somebody said this to me. It kind of depicts a, a family that's taking off. Well, that's true. They're taking off and they want to take off and they got in this rocket ship all on their own and they're saying, you know, we really want to learn and we'll take this program and we'll, we, we will truly do the exercises. We will truly challenge ourselves to make this a learning experience because we know nobody, I mean, no one out there is going to do this for you. In fact, for the most part, most people could care less whether the family learns what's going to happen next or not. We do. That's our focus. That doesn't make us like really much better than anybody else because their focus is on another part or aspect of your journey and you want them there. Falling back to the idea, keep people in their lane. You don't want families impacted by opioids telling you what you should be doing in terms of the treatment center. All we did in our learning series is present to you what SAMHSA, NIH, Empirically Proven Studies have said you should consider. And we're just bringing that to you. But we're not telling you this is what you should be doing. That's for you to decide. So in the Shooting Star Families program, that's exactly what we're doing. And what we'll do is we'll use this book as one of our guidebooks that you can pull down from our website as a free PDF format, or you can buy it on Amazon.com, however you like to have it. Um, it has actually supported in a TV episode titled Fentanyl and Families in Harm's Way, where we have 32 episodes. The 12 seminars that are in this book that give the family the certification experience of each seminar building your knowledge base, this, this is one way that you can receive it. You can read it, you can read it, you can do the practical exercises in the workbook, or you can experience it from, from the videos. But that's not enough. I mean, let's face it, knowledge really isn't all that you need. You, you, you need an understanding of dialogue and communication. And we're here to tell you, communication in this journey with other family members, because now this is a family disease, you are all integrated into this with the one person in your family that is misusing substances. So with that in mind, the dynamic of conversations, the family system, how you will now conduct yourself going forward, this is a completely new normal. And as hard as you may try to keep things the way they were before this was introduced to your family, the harder this journey is going to be. So what we're suggesting, and you do this with a family therapist, not on your own, get a professional on board and, and ask these questions. How can we function in our new normal? 
what this this would be an excellent question for you to be asking your therapist your family therapist and what things can we do to better understand how we are today and not compare them to how we were how we were is gone that's a word that's a past what we want to now experience is what is now and what is likely to be in the future of what we can help to create and form into so this is a huge leap for the family this is a mental health leap for the family it's got nothing to do with addiction at this point we're talking about the family accepting change in a mental health posture as it relates to things like cognitive behavioral therapy yours not the person that's misusing your cognitive behavioral therapy how cognizant how aware are you of your cognitive processes of thought and how you treat yourself and how you treat others cognitively there's a there's a model it's empirically proven called cognitive behavioral therapy and it is a part of a family therapist typical like toolbox that he'll you'll find that they ask you to um, to participate in during therapy sessions there's another one called dialectic behavioral therapy and you can sit there you can say hey roy wait a second we were talking about um the shooting star families right and it is about substance use disorders so why have you bent the conversation over to mental health and us we're not the ones with the problem and the answer is you are the ones with the problem the problem wasn't generated by you but it is now situations and issues that you have to deal with and i'm not going to call it a problem i'd rather call it an issue and there are 32 key issues that you need to learn and a lot more than that spawn off of those 32. however let's just get back to what we're doing here so you've noticed that we're actually talking to you and you notice that we're actually talking about your mental health and you've noticed that not only are we talking about your mental health but we're talking about how well you function and what your potentiality is to be able to contribute to the family dynamic depends on oddly enough your cognitive behavior how well you process your thoughts your emotions and then you get into other topics like emotional intelligence and quotient and, and other types of things and we're not going to go there probably we'll probably not go there at all in any of these sessions uh it's just it, you you're gonna have to find that information with your therapist at another time but in dialectic behavioral therapy one of the models that's given is called dear man and um you'll want to sit with your uh, therapist and and be sure that this is a therapist who is uh, certified or at least has completed a certificate in dialectic behavioral therapy you don't want them learning about it while you're going through therapy they need to have already done that before you start uh, sessions with them and it needs to be a skill set that they have that they're offering to you so that's your shopping around thing so now we're looking at uh, an acronym dear man and what it does is it breaks down the d stands for describe and that, that's you sitting there saying okay why are we using this dear man model and the answer is when you communicate to somebody you need to do it effectively otherwise you're going to waste their time confuse them and trust me now is not the time to be confusing when you communicate this is very stressful for everybody they get exhausted fast they don't want to listen to things they don't need to know so when you talk talk with a purpose in mind 
and use this model, dear men. So what you do is you describe what is taking place. You might say, it might sound like, Jerry, when you come into the room and you look the way you look right now, all dishuffled, your eyes, um, then this is very troubling for me. And the, then, then you sit there and you say, okay, that's the deer. You described, you described him when he comes into the room and he's stoned. And then your next part of E in dear man is you express. You express how you feel. So it sounds something like, and when you come into the room like that, it makes me feel, now you're expressing, a little scared that you're going to do something strange, uh, a little, uh, very distrusting. I don't, I don't feel that I'm going to be able to believe you, anything you say, because it looks like you're stoned, and angry that you would do this to us again and that you're still doing it to us. So now you've expressed how you feel. You've described the situation. You've expressed how you feel. And then the A, the A in dear is action. So you're going to describe back to them the action that you want to see. And that might be, and I'm not suggesting how this would be for this. This is just an example. But the, the A might be, I expect that if you're stoned, you won't come around the house. I, I do not want to see you. I will not see you. So this is a blend of boundary setting when you come to action in Dear Man. Because the boundary is for you. And you're letting them know. You probably are reminding them, when you're stoned, I will leave your presence. Or I will ask you to leave my presence. But we're not going to be in the same space together as long as you're stoned. And so then the R might be something where you're kind of like making sure that you have a relationship inside of this deer. Okay, so you've expressed the situation, you, you, you've described the situation, you've expressed how you feel about it and how it makes you feel. You've stated the A for anger, and not anger, excuse me, it often is anger, but you've expressed the action uh, that you want them to take to correct this situation or in the future how you expect it to be. And then the R is kind of a reconciliation, kind of a win-win where you might kind of like dovetail the whole part of this conversation by saying, my relationship with you is important. And the reason that I took the time to describe this to you is to improve our relationship. And you leave it at that. Okay, now it's very possible that they'll come back and they'll say, well, you misunderstand, or that's not the way it is, or you know, they'll, they'll want to negotiate with you. Don't do it. You just took the time to very clearly express your feelings and exactly what happened and what you want to see happen and the fact that your relationship is meaningful and that's why you're taking the time to express yourself so clearly to them. So don't degrade or don't pull back or don't lessen your comment. It was true. It's something you're going to stand behind. It is part of your dear man modeling. So now the, the M is manage your goals. Okay. So when they sit there, they come back and say, well, what do you expect me to do? I mean, i got to come in here to sleep at night and da-da-da-da-da. And then you sit there and you say, well, it is my goal that you will always be arriving to this house sober or in abstinence. Otherwise, you're not allowed to stay here. This is, this is a clean space for you if you want to live in a clean space. And then they may sit there and say, well... I don't, 
I don't think that, 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 this is a, that this is needed. So at that point, you may actually assess. And, and it's not like you're acquiescing or backing off of or giving in uh, to this conversation. But you, you may need to at this point how what you said in the deer applies to the goals that you're trying to achieve together. And in the assessment, you say something along the line of, this does not match with what it is we're trying to achieve here. And if this sounds redundant, meaning you had to say this exact same thing 80 times, then say it 80 times. Don't worry about repeating yourself in this relationship. It's actually pretty healthy. It shows consistency and that you're not going to move off this coin. And then the end is, in some way, negotiate if you feel you need to. You know, maybe, listen, it seems to me like you really didn't understand the rules. So, you know, we're, we're going to give you a pass on this one. But there will be no more passes going forward. And I mean it. And by the way, whenever you say that, you, you better do it. Because they are always looking for a break in the dam to gush more water through. Their sole purpose is to stay using when it is that they're using. Their sole purpose in recovery actually is to achieve recovery. It's just there's a whole bunch of factors that are playing against them. Triggers, environment, relationships, you know, Maslow hierarchy of needs, which is food, shelter, income, self-esteem. There's all these factors playing against them. But in recovery, their, their goal truly is recovery. Nobody likes to stay an addict. Even the addicts will tell you when they're, when they're you know, taking the drug, I wish I didn't do this, damn this stuff. I wish I never got into this. They, they feel that. Their, their mind is being controlled. It's a disease. But their desire is, uh, they didn't wake up in the morning thinking, gee, I'd like to become an addict. So with that in mind, that's what we're going to give you today. We're going to give you a snapshot of Shooting Star Families. Shooting Star Families is a program that will, in a very delineated way, take you from where you are, and it's going to give you 12 seminars. That's your starting point. That's your base. Now, remember, there are 32, okay? So you have about 20 more to go in, in selecting. And what we do there, after 12, you're, you're well rehearsed on how to take these seminars. You understand how the curriculum is set up how to use the four learning modules from the study guide to the practical exercises in the seminar book to the coping skills, the 3D coping skills, where you determine a solution, develop a decision, and design a plan of action, and then move into the resource book where you find professionals that will help you. Remember, we're talking about you, the family members, not, not the person that's dealing with addiction. And so with that in mind, we also have in there, built into the program, enabling versus consequences. And I'm just going to go down through the list that's in the Shooting Star Families program so that you can kind of get a general idea as to you know, which, which topics are we touching upon. The seminars 1 through 12 is enabling versus consequences, addiction behavior, and boundary setting. What's their behavior? How do you set boundaries? Keep in mind, when we say boundaries, we mean the boundaries are yours. They're set around you. They're not set around them. And you'll understand why when you, when you take this. The stages of change and a family intervention. We need to understand change in its design 
by the empirically proven studies and work that's been done by Petraska and DiClemente. We don't add anything to these seminars. These are all SAMHSA, NIH, empirically proven studies. We're just bringing it down to your level so that you can understand and use them. Then there's the police intervention. You know, understanding a booking. The police are there to arrest this person because they created a criminal, uh, they've, they've created a crime. And they're going to gather evidence. And that's something that they do when they show up. They gather evidence. Then they gather that together and they bring it to the district attorney for consideration of prosecution. There's 12 steps of the prosecution. Did you know that? Well, you do when you take this, these, uh, these seminars. The legal system. There's a pretrial before the trial, and that's where the judge considers what the DA has gathered with the police in terms of evidence and whether, whether it's you know, validated for uh, the purpose of proceeding with the trial. Um, it's important for you to know that. Did you know that there's a pretrial before the trial? So your involvement at the time of booking their forward is very important as a family. Remember, you're not just any family. You're not the 80% of families out there that have said to this person, get out of here, don't come back until you're straight again. Okay, you're, you're the smaller number of families, unfortunately today, that really have put themselves aside and said, we're gonna be here for this person. And we're gonna be in a meaningful way because we're gonna get smart. We're gonna first become a shooting star family. And then we're gonna move into the other parts of helping this person to manage it. But most importantly, I mean this by, I mean this a lot. Most importantly, that you are doing this for yourselves as family members first. It's kind of like put the oxygen mask on in the, air, in the airport, I mean in the airline, uh, before you try and put it on somebody else. You gotta take care of yourself first. There'll be more of you to help somebody else when you do it that way. So the, 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 the fourth one, excuse me, the fifth one is uh, the emergency room and, and what you do there. If they're going to be a habitual user, you're probably going to show up with some type of emergency services. Uh, the legal system, how to move through the courts and the drug courts or the different choices of courts. The outcome could be that all of this is expunged or taken off their record. The other outcome is they've got a felony that's going to last them the rest of their lives. And that is a real hiccup because it impacts so many different areas going forward and it makes life so much more difficult. So if you can get into drug court, and by the way, that means that the DA would have a diagnosis that hopefully you picked up and made sure that your lawyer brought that to the DA before he took it to the pretrial uh, kind of like review so that he could have that information. This person is dealing with drugs. They've been dealing with drugs for this amount of time. Here's the documentation of an ER visit or an EMS visit or a doctor's diagnosis that demonstrates that. We believe that this is related to drugs because of this documentation. Where'd you get it from? Well, the family actually had it in a notebook and they gave it to us, but it's all you know from the initial, initial source. See what I'm saying? You got organized, you got networked, you got knowledgeable, you're a shooting star family. You're not just any family out there. And then you move into support agencies, you will do community mapping in this and you will understand all the different departments, agencies, services, non-for-profit, profit, government agencies that are here to support you by each issue you're likely to go through. What a, what a great opportunity that is. 
Remember, you're forming up to become a shooting star family. You're going to understand the relapse and that there's three stages to the relapse. And then you're going to understand what does it take for successful lifelong recovery? Because we want to play in that world. We're not going to talk about addiction. We're not going to talk about using. We're only going to discuss things related to recovery. All of our conversation is going to be about recovery. So if they sit there and they say, hey, where are we going to Thanksgiving? Your comment back might be, when you get out of recovery, we could talk about those types of things. Okay, so you kind of like stop the conversation being something other than and have it always in recovery. Or it may be, you know, you're doing so well in recovery, we'd like to have you join us for this coming Easter dinner. And you know that you're going to prepare that dinner in such a way that it doesn't have triggers built in or the types of people that will be stopping by won't bring them back to their old days of using. Uh, you know, you're taking your education in mind with the things that you do going forward, and that's what makes an environment of successful lifelong recovery, is the family participates in the things that they can do, which means you've got to learn a lot. But, and the good news is, there's a lot out there for you to learn. It's not like you're going to have to search real hard. There's YouTubes out there, there's clinical papers, just do keyword searches, and you'll come up with a lot of, and then, and then bounce them off of a, a drug counselor or a professional like a therapist um, so that you can make sure that the way you're thinking about these things do fit in the model of what's going to help you the best. Then there's uh, bereavement. And you might say, oh, gee, Roy, I mean, really, we're, we're talking about successful life and recovery. Why would you talk about bereavement? Well, bereavement's very real. It, more than likely, it's not going to happen. Statistically, we'd say it's really not going to happen. But it may not be your bereavement. It may be somebody that's close to you. There may be a mother that they did lose in your support group, somebody who had passed. You knowing about bereavement not only helps you, but it helps the people around you because you have an understanding of the, the color um, grieving curve and you have an understanding of regular grieving to complex grieving. Like, when do you get a doctor involved? What's reasonable timelines? All of this is discussed. And by the way, this is all, once again, clinical information. It's not our idea of what grieving looks like. And then the final area is faith. But it's not really final. If I, if I could have it my way, I would load faith and make that the first seminar. Because all of this is a battle of good and evil. All of this is about you turning your troubles over to God. And all of this is about you developing your faith in terms of suffering, in terms of love, kindness, and here's the big word. It's so hard. And it really is forgiveness. Forgiveness means shame. It means humility. But most of all, forgiveness means vulnerability. And there's a lot of information on vulnerability. Maureen Brown does an excellent job of taking us down that dialogue. So as we start to look at different types of training, we want you to know that in many ways, you're going to end up on a discussion with trauma. And that brings us back to the mental health idea. Um, there, there, there is a, uh, there's a lot of work done in that area. Um, Schwartz does some, Richard Schwartz, and uh, Frank Anderson uh, with uh, Martha Sweezy has done a great job. In this case, it's called Internal Family Systems. And it's, it's a recommended read by us. Um, in terms of identifying trauma-informed treatment and anxiety and depression, PTSD, and substance use disorders. 
So you can kind of see that really trauma falls into a lot of different categories that are very distressing and um, change the, the fabric of kind of who we are and who we are as a family. Listen, I hope that this information is of value to you. Uh, I believe it will be. I, matter of fact, I know it will be. If you decide that you want to become a shooting star family, call us, 440-385-7605. Pick up the phone. We're going to show you exactly how to do it. We'll get you started in it. We're not going to leave you alone. A lot, you know, unless you're like, unless you're up in Northeast Ohio, this will be done by Zoom. And uh, if you want to, we can show local people to your community how to set up a learning center, in which case they can start the Shooting Star Family Program in your community also. It's not something that just has to be done by us. It was actually written to scale uh, and be flushed out into communities across the United States. So thank you very much for taking the time to have this discussion with us. We hope we gave this conversation some air to breathe. The fact is, if you want to be that small percentage of families, they're going to come into this and say, hey, damn it, enough is enough. You know, We want to know what's going on. We want to take hold of ourselves so that we have some continents of our family and, and we want to push forward. Um, then this is the program for you. Shooting Stars Families is just the beginning, but what a great way to launch. I want to thank you very much, and God bless you. Stand up for yourself, and I'll back you up, because problems don't solve themselves. I'll tell you what, instead of would or could, I think you should draw a line in the sand and stand your ground. It's for your own good.